Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is the 14th of May, 2021, 7.04. Late start today. I've already been up since 6:30. Late wake up, and um, I got out of the house around 6:45. But I've just been walking and thinking, <clears throat> waiting for the right moment to turn this thing on and to share some thoughts with you. I was just listening to the No Agenda show from yesterday. Oh, and the Jocko podcast, the Jocko Underground, which is like a teaser for his paywall podcast, but you got to give it to the guy. He's doing a great job. And the fact that he's teasing his paved podcast episodes, that's also good because I think, I think he's doing a great job and he has a whole community of military people behind him. Sending him books, wanting to be interviewed. He has a real topic. And he has experience, and he studied English. And what he said today on the underground is that he reads at the speed that he speaks. And I'm like, whoa, dude. I read much faster. Maybe I should slow down my reading. And he's saying how he goes through all this mental process. And he goes step by step. And he's trying to do pattern matching and all that. So maybe he's doing a more intensive read. Or maybe he's speaking the words in his head as opposed to just reading them visually. So that's one thing. That's one thing um, that uh, you can do is not speak the words in your head when you read them, but to just read them visually and then move on. I guess that's what makes someone a speed reader. Or to read the whole page and memorize the whole page that you're looking at. Obviously, that would make you a candidate for being an amazing mathematician, among many, many other things. And um, so there's two things that I was puzzling about mathematically, and I don't have a solution for them, but I'm just going to tell you what I learned. I've been studying the roots of unity. 
which means you have some number n or x raised to a power let's say 9 so x to the to the ninth power so x times itself 9 times equals 1 which would be the ninth root or 1 um, 1 raised well anyway I'm, I don't remember all the symbols but they end up putting it into the polar coordinates and there's a fundamental theory of algebra which says that you're going to have so many solutions for a number raised to an n and that necessitates imaginary solutions and you'll see this unit circle this is called um, the roots of unity and you'll see a unit circle with a complex number so a circle around the complex number is one negative one i and minus i and polar coordinates with sine and cosine and they're basically turning the numbers into a circle and they're introducing e and pi and all of that and it's really um, it's just really piqued my interest because it lines up again with what we discussed with the prime numbers and then another video that I was looking at which I'll pursue is whether e and pi together will create a rational number if you can take two irrationals and bring them together in such a way that their irrationality cancels out and that's an interesting thought if there is a inverse irrational function that will cancel out <clears throat> the irrationality of a given irrational number or is it the transcendentality basically if you'll fill in all the holes that make a number irrational like a sawtooth pattern anyway I don't know the right words for it but a matching pattern like if you have something that would match pi and turn into a constant it would be the inverse it would be something that would invert pi and is e the Euler number of that thing and remember the Euler number is the sum of 1 over n factorial the infinite sum something similar to that 
so obviously I'm not, I don't have a great memory for math. And eventually I will work this stuff out that I can remember it perfectly. But I don't remember just these expressions on their own. They kind of fade away, unless I can turn them into something and work on them for a while. It's very hard for me. I guess I'm not modeling them correctly. My actual model is broken. So I'm going to need some more time on all this. I'm not going to torture you here on this podcast. I'm just going to drop the stuff that I've been thinking about. So what you guys been thinking about? How y'all been doing? I was listening to Arrow yesterday. He was like, what if this whole broadcasting thing was enough? What if one day I could just say, I'm not gonna broadcast? And I was thinking to myself, Arrow, what if you did something different? What if it wasn't being a being the backup radio guy? What if it wasn't being the radio interviewer, what if it wasn't a radio? What if you were yourself? And um, did something more like what I'm doing. A total trash show. What if it was unscripted? Like, I don't write down any of this stuff before I talk. I'm not, I don't have a notebook. I don't have lecture notes. I'm going from memory. Like my wife does when she does a concert. Like she's a pianist and she will practice a piece for months until she has perfected it in her brain, in her nervous system. And then she can play it on the piano without any notes, without any page turning. The only time you need pages is when you're playing a symphony and you're coordinating with other people. Good coffee. Now we're at Donna's little free library. Yeah, they still have the, you know, I'm going to take one of these books, Pet Rescue Club. Let me see if it, what level is it. I think that's too easy to read. Magic Treehouse Fact Tracker. Rainforests. Ancient Greece and the Olympics. Maybe I will take this time traveler's handbook. 
bring it back. Take a took take a book, return a book. Okay, I'll return a book. Charter number six nine two six nine three nine. Nice looking book. Draco was talking about what books he picks. That he reads the first page and the last page, and then he picks out a page in the middle. And he tries to determine if it's a keeper or not. To assess the book. have here is pre-book. We're not producing a book. We are recording notes, a journal, a uh, we're trying to get as authentic, as close to how the mind works. And it turns out that that's actually not quite interesting. How the mind works. Well, Boole, when he came up with his logic, he's like, Oh, I've discovered how the mind works. And then, um, well, it turns out that people's mind don't work that way. Don't even get me started on this whole um, illogical COVID stuff. The latest one is the, um, well, we have uh, been doing such a good job for masks and all these precautions that that's why the, uh, oh, someone's coming. I'm not going to continue on this. It's a really beautiful day today. I guess if I could have a pause button on my Apple Watch, which I don't have. Like a little Bluetooth recorder to pause or rewind and play. And um, control the uh, stream, even if I could control it with my voice, hands-free be like stop that was uh, go back and erase some of that uh, white noise there 
Even if I were to do the most basic editing, we could improve the quality of this podcast. It's kind of the chicken and the egg. It's like as long as there's one listener who's willing to listen to me breathe heavily and ramble on, it's like, as long as I have you, my friend, who might not even be listening, who might not even be tuned in, who might be just as distracted as I am, it's like a distracted talk for distracted listeners, perfect, because they can both ignore each other. We had the most amazing Greek food yesterday. Um, so yesterday was Bairam, which is the breaking of the fast, which is normally celebrated with lots of sweets. So, um, happy Bairam and all that. And it's not like I'm religious in any way. But I think if you have a chance to eat good food and the excuse to do it, I'll, I'll take that. I'll celebrate any holiday that involves some good food. So, as far as I could read on the Wikipedia, there's two of them, there's a greater and lesser. But basically it has to go with Abraham who God told to murder his own son and um, who then tricked God, I guess, and sacrificed the lamb instead. And um, I don't know. I, I don't know all the details. This is just something I picked up from the Wikipedia, the Book of Knowledge. So uh, we went to the Greek restaurant because they've got a good baklava and they're close. And we had uh, Greek coffee or Turkish coffee with baklava. And it was almost just like the Turkish one, except the Greeks, they put these uh, cloves in the baklava. But you could pick those out. It was good. It was really good. And then we had the, the grilled octopus and calamari and the um, shrimps, and that was really good. And then we're like, okay, well, let's get some grilled lamb, lamb uh, souflaki. And it was perfect. It was really, really good. So if you're ever in town, dad, swing by and we'll get some, uh, we'll go to that Greek place. I have new high hopes for it. And a lot of the restaurants have really gone to hell. But this is just the one guy, the owner. And he's in there cooking. And I could hear him beating the the lamb into submission with a hammer, making these pieces. He probably got the cheapest leg meat. Because some of it was tough and he just beat it with a hammer. 
lots of um, rosemary and oregano fresh on it and grilled over a fire on sticks it was really good so looks like we're going to get be getting our uh, rotisserie going soon I'm going to try and um, do some of that been sitting there for a year or two unused I think it's time to get it going we've been watching this uh, lady Candy Hayati in Azerbaijan and uh, she makes everything from scratch as I told you yesterday she made a tea her husband made a tea with strawberry flowers and blackberry leaves they just put they put everything into boiling water but they don't even have a water cooker they cook their water their tea water over a fire and he's hacking the wood and making a fire and he has all these different systems for doing it hanging the pot, the teapot over the fire or the samovar, which is the Mongolian. Uh, smoke, uh, tea cooker where you throw the coals into the top. It's got like this coal chamber and you cook up wood and you take the coals and you throw them into the inside of the teapot and it boils the water from inside. pretty damn cool you see that samovar the Russians adopted it and if you watch the uh, space puppies or whatever space there's this really stupid show with all these dogs space buddies and they rescue the cosmonaut and he's up there in a space station with a samovar drinking tea And they say the oolong tea was smoked for the Silk Road. That's why it smells that way. Can't stand that smell. So here, this is stream of consciousness, guys. We are just going from one topic to the next. Just jumping around. Association. One idea triggers the next idea and this great avalanche of flow. A stream. A random stream. It is the stream of random podcast. And you are on a ride with me through my stream of thoughts. No script. Just walking here in this beautiful park. The trees. The grass. All these different types of trees. Look at this oak tree. It's massive. It looks like I hit by lightning and it regrew. You can see the old core. That tree is empty on the inside. It grows on the outside. The core of the tree could be dead. It could be hollow. It doesn't matter. It doesn't stop the tree. All of its life is in the bark and the skin on the outside. And it just keeps on getting bigger and bigger.
like a circle expanding the radius ever slowly in a logarithmic growth. So if you want to know about logarithms, that's how a tree grows. Getting ever slightly larger over time in a circle. So you've got pi, and you've got logarithms, and when you've got pi and you've got logarithms, you've got Euler, the E, because the E is the natural basis of the logarithm. And then, you've got a relationship there, the tree. The tree connects Euler and Pi. How's that? Over T, or time. And these trees have seen George Washington, and they've seen empires come and go, they've seen the Native Americans. And the fungus that is in their roots that connects them. The fungus, they're feeding the fungus. Feed the fungus. Feed, feed the fungus. They're feeding the fungus. Now, if you just think about the fungus as a life form, it's got to be damn old, too. Like, your body, you as a person, like, where's the center of your self? I mean, you have a center of body, you have your mind, you have your eyes seeing things. You have your face, your interface, your hands, all that's interconnected, hand-eye coordination. I guess you could say that's the center of your mind, is your hand-eye coordination. Your listening, speaking, nexus, where different streams come together. Is that it? Is that the self? Because Over time, your body changes, cells come and go. Your body completely replaces all of its cells every seven years. Every seven years, you're a new person. The old person has died completely. How do your memories survive? Do they get copied from one to the next? Is that why you dream? The mind trying to save the memories off of dying cells. Or do they slowly transition? Look at this squirrel. Our next and closest relative here in the park, the squirrel.
tree rat. So what I'm trying to say here, kids, is that where is the self in all of this? Right? Where is it hiding? Okay. And then, when you get to an organism with no direct input, right, the fungus, which can only see the world through the eyes of other people, like, it will see the world through the ant colonies it controls. Those are his eyes. You know, they say, oh, well, God created us so we could see God. Well, what if that God was the fungus that created us so we could see the fungus and see for it? And where's the self of the fungus then? If it's connecting all these trees with each other, if it's connecting all this life with each other, if it's creating receptors in the brains of people and people are saying they're talking to it, Terence McKenna, communicating with the fungus where is the soul of the fungus the self is there one is it per planet does it even have a locus and it's got to be distributed and regional but I don't think it would have the same kind of concept of self that we have so concept of self is different for a mobile animal than for an immobile tree I mean a tree would definitely have a concept of self but a fungus does it even have the need for self-referentiality to know its own state think about it, to uh, make decisions, what does it grow in all directions at all times, like what are the choices that it makes, and how does it make them, these slime molds that are just one cell that's spread out over miles back at this playground where they were smoking marijuana little kids running around in the park the Cadwalder Park now looking at the gravestones Cadwalder was married to Roebling's daughter or something. We have to check out the genealogy. The Trenton aristocracy. The New Jersey or American aristocrats. Coming here to claim the vast resources and to grab them before everyone else could and to stuff their faces as much as they could on the backs and over the bodies of the 
of the dead and expelled primitives. Sound about right? But they gave us the Brooklyn Bridge, and we gotta love Catwalder. Oh, Cadwallader. The Delaware and Raritan Canal State Park, one of central New Jersey's most popular recreational corridors for hiking, biking, canoeing, and fishing. You can travel a level, nearly level path, 29 miles north to Frenchtown or 2 miles south to downtown Trenton, and another 34 miles northeast to New Brunswick. Most of the canal system remains intact and is a reminder of the days when mule-drawn boats delivered coal and freight to the towns along its route. Cadwallader Park Well, I I have to read this again But he owned the land. There was a railroad here. So the railroad is the trail. (sighs) The railroad is the trail. I should have just read it out loud to you guys. You want me to go back and read it to you? Instead of uh, me just reading it silently. too late. It's all online anyway. If you're interested, you can look it up. Cadwallader Park. Oh, look at the baby geese. One, two, three, four babies. They're playing and fighting with each other. Maybe those are two families. That was a groundhog just sitting there looking at me. If I could get a shot of him. 
This might make a great picture, though, for today's episode. At least we got something. I got something to give you. 35 minutes into the show. What type of show is it? (sighs) I guess I'll read it to you guys. What it says. Instead of just reading it in my head. I mean, how rude is that? Let me go back there. Canal and Railroad Days. The DNR Canal Feeder at Cadwallader Park, circa 1905. This view shows the canal swing bridge and the bridge's tender house. At the far right behind the the gentleman standing on the steps is the Gardener's College. Both buildings are gone now. Let me see. I think that's the view, so the the house was here where the playground is. The DNR Canal. The Delaware and Raritan Canal opened in 1834, forming a direct passage for boats traveling between the Delaware and Raritan rivers. It was critical for the industrial and commercial development of the region. Boats carried coal, iron, and agricultural produce to businesses that turn, in turn shipped their finished products to the expanding cities of Philadelphia and New York. The DNR Canal it is, is what is known as a contour canal. In other words, it follows the ground, avoiding dips and rises to the greatest extent possible. As a result, the canal winds and curves along the landscape. The 43-mile main line of the canal is located between Bordentown on the Delaware River and New Brunswick on the Raritan River. A 22-mile spur north of Trenton passing through the Cadwallader Park is known as the Feeder. Most of the water in the canal is drawn from the Delaware River at Bowles Island, about 20 miles north of Cadwallader Park. It flows slowly downhill by the way of the feeder all the way to Trenton. The canal prospered in its early years, carrying as much as 2.8 million tons of freight in 1866. Eventually, the canal could not compete and traffic declined. The last year of its operation was 1933. The state of New Jersey acquired the canal in 1934 and turned it into a source of water for towns in central New Jersey, a purpose it still serves. Beldell Railroad. The Belvedere Delaware Railroad, known as the Beldell, was built from 1850 to 1854 to supplement the services of the canal. The railroad and canal were not direct competitors since they were owned by the same corporation. The railroad provided extra freight capacity, particularly for coal from Pennsylvania, and it provided needed passenger service to the small towns of the Delaware River from Trenton north to Phillipsburg. 
The train did not stop at Cadwalder Park until 1903. The railroad built a passenger, passenger platform and a small shelter to the west side of the tracks near Parkside Ave. The station was a whistle stop, meaning engineers didn't stop unless signaled. The Belldale operated as part of the Pennsylvania Railroad system until late 1960s when the railroad went bankrupt and the Belldale was abandoned. Subsequent work converted the old railroad into recreational trail. Lover's Lane Crossing. The bridge crossed the Delaware Raritan Canal feeder near this location in the Cadwallader Park in the mid-1830s. The crossing was a requirement of Thomas M. Cadwallader when he sold a strip of land to the canal company. He wanted to be sure that the new canal would not interfere with his access to his farm. This bridge could be temporarily swung out of the way of passing boats. It swung left and right. In 1841, Henry McCall bought the 148-acre property from Cadwallader and not long thereafter built Elarsley Mansion, that's the park itself, a beautiful tree-lined entry lane which led to the river road across the canal and up a drive to Elarsley, eventually became known as Lover's Lane. After the McCall property was sold to the city of Trenton in 1888, the city planted hundreds of trees to shield the park from the transportation corridor and a tunnel was opened under the canal and railroad at Parkside Ave in 1910. The bridge at Lover's Lane was removed shortly thereafter. During these years, the canal and railroad were thought to be, were thought of as unwelcome reminders of industrial Trenton. The park, after all, was meant for visitors to escape the noises, sounds, and smells of the city, and scenes of the city. Despite efforts to separate the park from the transportation corridor, the two were forever linked. After the railroad was torn up in the 70s, a pedestrian footbridge was restored to the location of the original bridge. Today, the canal is considered one of the city's most important historical and recreational assets. All right. So I read it to you. And they got pictures there as well. that the stuff you learn on this show (sighs) yeah this is a nice bridge Continental Custom Bridge Co. Alexandria, Minnesota you'd think that they would get Roebling to build the bridge, huh? some of these planks kind of loose. Now we're heading back. Right. 
so now our stream has been interrupted. By thinking about the city and the park and the bridge. Spitting a soft tail, a web of ideas, a spider web or wool of a sheep, natural fibers. But if plants think, they'll think slower than we do. And if a fungus makes decisions, it will also make it slower. So some kind of interplanetary fungus growing out in the universe, if it makes any decisions at all, It'll be on the extreme logarithmic slow scale. Which is why it would try and recruit mobile animals to work for it. just thinking about this unlocking, this key, this uh, receptor, the fungus receptor. Now, what I was talking about before was the, um, the flu and the COVID and the logic of it. Let's just look at the logic. So the logic of what they're saying is that the precautions against COVID have been so good, have been so excellent that the flu has basically been eliminated. Now, detractors of this idea are saying that they're just rolling the flu together with COVID and that it's hardly separable. And if people do die of the flu, and pneumonia, but those deaths are being counted as COVID. Now, <clears throat> and then the question becomes what, um, well, everything is counted differently. And a lot of this is really just speculation, not science. We don't have any gold standards or hard facts yet. It will take, but that also doesn't matter because as many things, expediency is more important than truth.
so. Um, what, is it, what does this have to do with logic, you asked? You said you promised us something about logic. Well, it seemed obvious to me at the time, and now I might have bottled up my mind. I don't really remember. Maybe I'm not that logical after all. Let me see if I can piece this together. Notice how I'm using these nice fillers. Instead of saying, um, ah, uh, I'm just kind of interjecting different words of different kinds to colorfully say that I'm not ready to speak yet. It's funny how you can do that. A more fancy way of stalling for time. Stalling for this incredibly slow machine to churn. That is the brain. And think about, I still promised you some logic here. <laughs> think about how many millions and billions of things are happening in this time. All the time that we're wasting. The trillions of femtoseconds between each word. It's just a real shame. All of this waste. But think about the waste of people's lives on a grander scale. Waiting to go outside, living in fear at home having their neurons decompose, learning the things that they, the skills that they had practiced, but they aren't able to exercise, decaying, being replaced by drugs and television. You know, the brain responds to how you use it. So whatever you practice, it'll get good at. And if you practice watching TV, then you're going to get very good at watching TV. Very good at TV.
while I hear those sirens. Something's happening. Something is happening, kids. Sounds like fire department. This used to be a train line, huh? walking on the canal right now on the old train so we found this flower um, it's uh, purple mauve and white it's got three or four petals it's a biennial it's extremely fragrant it used to be grown in gardens and now I think it's called a rush. <clears throat> Fox rush or something? I don't know. I'll have to look it up on my phone. And, um, oh, we left it in the car last night. Shit. We need to uh, plant that. It's supposed to drop seeds. and replant itself every two years and needs shade. But it's growing in the park. It's very beautiful. And incredibly um, nice smelling. Very, very fragrant. Should plant some of that here along the towpath. Tricolor. Tricolore. Now, isn't that funny? Um, in German and Italian, a, 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 a shirt, a sports shirt, is called a tricot. And I just realized that the flag is called the tricolore. The three colors, and maybe that the um, maybe the shirts are named after the flag because they used to have the flag on them, the tricolore, and that's why they're called tricos. How's that for an idea? Okay. I mean, so, yeah, John C. already covered this idea. He was saying, basically, that 
what's the difference between COVID and the flu? Why would flu be completely stamped out and COVID not? And um, this guy's wearing a mask riding his bicycle. That makes no sense. That make no sense. This make no sense. What are you? But whatever people want to do, you know. Whatever it is they want to do, just let them do it, right? But uh, logically, it does not make sense, or mathematically, it does not make sense that the flu would be completely eradicated and there would be zero cases of the flu. I mean, it's just that simple, because either they're being measured together, you can't differentiate between the two, or that the COVID is more viral than the flu, and that measures to eradicate it have also eradicated the flu. So the argument is, is that people are being so safe Oh, and then I had the idea that I finally got to that idea now. So what if getting the flu is an update to your system, and if you skip getting it, let's say you skip getting it for, um, or even exposing yourself, let's say not break out in an infection, but let's just say get the update, like some genetic patch. But if you skip getting these patches for one year, two years, three years, because you're so safe and so socially distant. So my question to you is, is that a deficiency in your patch so that if you actually did get it, um, that you'd be missing so much information that when it finally got to you and you were exposed to it, you wouldn't have the previous patches and that it might be a greater impact. So that's just an idea. That's the idea that I was think, trying to get at. I finally remembered it. It's funny how these ideas are related to other ideas and you remember them in the stream. And you have to go back to that stream and key it up in order to get <clears throat> in order to remember it. So it's funny how memory works. So I'm getting ready to understand the complex roots of, of numbers. The Gaussian primes. Which reduce the primes even more. So get into the study of complex 
I mean, we've been slowly touching on it. But eventually, we're going to move completely into the world of imaginary numbers. And um, if we look at the roots of unity, every number that has N every number that has N degrees will have N roots. So 2 to the 10th, 2 to the 8th has 8 8 roots I suppose, right? Which is the two, two times itself eight times. But the, um, you could have two times negative two is four, right? So you can add in negative numbers and then you could also add in imaginary numbers. I'm still struggling with this guy, so I know you're screaming at your your headset. You're wrong, Mike, wrong. So I'm gonna have to go back and hit the books. We're gonna get there. I've got the book. Stephen Hawking's book. And I'm going through it page by page now and actually doing some of the math. are happy birds, huh? Listen to all this nature. Gotta get our fishing rods cleaned up and ready to go. Do some fishing. I wonder if I can apply for a fishing license online. <sighs> or do I really plan on sitting there fishing for hours? He would sit there and fish for days. Mm -hmm. 
fishing for days. I don't know if I could bring myself to do that. But even to go fishing once, you need a license. It's kind of a commitment. I guess groundhogs and rats, rodents, groundhogs would also be related to us. thinking about it. What are we talking about, kids? I think we're kind of petering out here in terms of topics. So I'm going to hit pause, and I'll come back. Oh yeah, look at that. That's uh... That is a plant. It, uh, burning stinging nettle. Yeah, that's stinging nettle. That's what the Azerbaijani lady was putting in her pita. Nettle and sweet potato leaves and those red that red spice that we have, <laughs> all types of stuff. Tons of different leaves all chopped up and stuffed into some kind of bread, handmade bread, cooked on the fire. Look pretty damn good too. Hitha, the Albanian term for stinging nettle, Hitha. Time for a break. 8.20, I gotta get back to work. Yeah, continued listening to the No Agenda. They were also talking about that exact topic. The one guy was saying that the kids are gonna be missing immunity by not getting the, uh, the flu and that they should get vaccinated instead. So I guess that's um, what they're proposing as a solution, to vaccinate instead. Anyway, so how are you guys doing? I guess I don't have anything to contribute here. And I'm, I'm going to stay away from mostly those topics. Because we're really just worried about what a number is right now. Look at these geese hissing at me. They've got four babies. The other ones had ten. They must have stolen the babies from someone else. 
I, when I got up this morning, I went to check on my chickens and feed them. And I go in there, and I just see the one running around. And I started to worry where the other one is. But she's sitting on the nest, just nesting. shows you how smart they are. She's like, I've got babies. All right. Well, guys, I'm going to make some phone calls now. One hour is good enough. You're going to have to accept it. Take care and see you tomorrow. Feed the fungus, feed the fungus, feed the fungus.